0: This is Tian Buku1. Cool
1: and this is Yula.
0: This is the Black Russian Podcast, episode 29, Big Feelings. We are back from our European excursion. European for me and then Israel for both of us. Back feeling brand new. Ready to hit the ground running. Back to be in the bay. The weather's mm-hmm. all nice and sunny like it was in Tel Aviv. So it was a nice transition. Very easy transition for us. And uh, Eula's taking selfies of the microphone.
1: I am not. I'm just a little distracted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what are you doing? All right, so.
1: I'll focus, I promise. We'll
0: get into some good things. But first we like to do, like we do every time no relationship style is more or less divine than any other. It's the quality of work that is put in within oneself and with each other and continuously. It is not a stagnant state have a healthy relationship it is an ongoing thing it's like breathing if you stop breathing you no longer have a healthy life because you will soon die no kidding and so you know we don't advocate monogamy non-monogamy or any of these things in particular but we advocate growth honesty openness um, willingness to go through difficult stuff and to be honest and more honest and honest and more honest and we're pretty much opposed to anything that's mandated that's the new thing we are about Anti mandates. We don't like mandated monogamy or mandated non monogamy. Just being you and being able to grow and change and evolve. Now, recap real quick on episode 28. That was Yo, the solo solo. So we can go a little bit into that. Just a recap.
1: You want me to recap it? There. I did it solo. Why am I recapping it?
0: Well, because people may not have heard
1: that. Ooh. All right. Well, oh, uh, God, that was a while ago now. Was it like two, three weeks ago? Uh, So that was my writing. Uh, Wrote about what happened and how with my latest uh, attempt at um, being direct and honest, which did not go so well. So I basically sat down and wrote everything out in detail and uh, recorded it. And that's what you have with a little bit of my commentary.
0: Yeah. Good commentary. And it was cool. How did it feel? We didn't get much feedback. Did people listen to that? I don't know.
1: I think it took you a while to post it. That doesn't Uh, mean anything. It still hits people's. It still hits everybody. You know what? So... (laughs) That's interesting. It, it, it was a difficult thing, right? I mean, it's not a conversation between you and I that can be funny and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was something that it was very difficult for me to uh, live through. It was not difficult to record. It is not something anyone would ever think of doing. So maybe hearing that was weird. Um, I also had sent it to a couple of people that I... Uh, Wanted to share it directly with. And I had weird feedback. Right. Weird feedback as in uh, either like really good, uh, a couple of good solid friends were like, wow, this is crazy that you actually would do that. And it's amazing that you do. And, you know, uh, all in. And and then there was nothing.
0: Right. I think... It probably triggers a lot of uncomfortable yeah. feelings. Um, and the cool thing about this, why we do the podcast and what we do, is it's we don't expect or assume everyone's going to be super excited and respond enthusiastically to every um, episode or every topic. It's not really the goal. So we understand if some things just don't, either don't resonate or just feel like, ooh, whatever it is, we're not going to challenge you guys and, and make you confess to whatever it is. Um, We understand it's just some things are just going to be different. Our goal is to create the full 360 open experience so that way you guys can see and feel it um, from a voyeur's point of view and apply what feels good to you, comment on what does, and whatever you guys choose to do. But it was kind of fascinating because every every episode of the podcast, we've got like, you know, there's X amount of people who subscribe, subscribe, so we know once it hits them... You know, they hit it and then they hit us back, let us know. But like, this was like, well,
1: this is because, like I said, it's not anything that uh, anyone would ever consider sharing. And also, uh, as I was doing my commentary and as before I I recorded and posted, you know, I was thinking a lot about um, the responses that, you know, naturally people would have especially like people that are your friends more than my friends right. and they you know the natural response is to stand up for you and be like dude what the fuck what is she insane like how much are you, how much of it are you gonna take right and as I was writing it and as I was thinking about it as I was feeling and then as I was recording it I was like you know what that uh you know my struggle is no different from any from most other people's struggle It's just that I actually vocalize it and I actually, you know, maybe I'm a little crazier than others and I need more, like, uh, hitting my head against the wall before I go, oh, I shouldn't do this. Right. But it just shows that as humans, it's very, very, very difficult for us to directly uh, be, to, to directly... Um, confront the feeling or the, the need to avoid difficult situations.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, and it's
1: and it's not just. I, I can guarantee you that it's not just me. I can, you know, from from thinking about and feeling and honestly going through it and understanding how, you know, I have not. I don't have an intention to go and do it again. Right. But by going through it again and seeing why and seeing the mechanics of it and maybe writing it out was very good because what I recorded was actual steps. So, you know, I started talking to this guy and I didn't think I liked him physically. And then that happened and I did. And then that. And it's not like I start talking to someone and I have an intent of, oh, and I'm going to not tell Teon about it. Right, right. No, it's a series of things that lay on top of each other gradually. Right and uh, I am pretty sure I'm not the only one that won't pause or have not paused to be like, oh, well, let me just sit with it and look at it from all different sides and see where my weaknesses are and why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I? Is there a gap that I am not paying attention to? So basically, that's the episode. That's just like a step by step of you know how it all happened and led to a pretty major like the most major uh, difficult time that Sion and I have had to date just because of how many times we have gone through it. You know, at some point it becomes like, okay, well, there's nothing I can tell him. He knows there's nothing he can hear from me that will make it easier. So, you know, we get to the point where it's like, all right, well, we either separate right now or we'll let life happen and see how it goes
0: Yeah, keep living and then check in and keep living and check in and stay on it and the, the lessons, a couple lessons, we'll go into it in that later episode in depth but you know the moral of it is just because we know what's right and wrong does not always mean we do exactly what's right or wrong. Logically we know certain things that we just don't abide by and all of us do it in one way or another like we talked about it with exercise like you know people know they should exercise i know i should exercise more if i want you know longevity and health but we don't always do it we know we shouldn't eat these things all the time but we don't always do it so we learn we don't always make decisions because of what's logical we make decisions based upon how we feel and sometimes how we feel in the moment is very different than what logically we would think if we were unattached unemotionally involved so the judgment comes from, as we know, people being unemotionally involved, not first person experiencing it and being like clear minded yeah. and be like, well, how could you have just done this? in no like words. In reality, we all do this. Um, and that's kind of the cool thing about Eula sharing it and writing it out in detail, 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 because I'm sure it resonates um, with people on a really, really subconscious deep level that maybe they haven't delved into or maybe they've thought about it and feel like, I don't know, but... We try to just do it all as much as we can, as transparent as we can, so that way um, we help to normalize that all these ranges of feelings, these ranges of successes and failures are all part of the game of life and love and relationships. Like, If you're going to have a healthy relationship with yourself and with life, you're going to fail. You're going to mess up. You're going to repeat mistakes. You're going to climb the hill. You're going to succeed. You're going to fall, and it's all part of this. None of it is wrong. Um, It's just a matter of how we move. So... That was episode twenty-eight. Check it out if you haven't. Respond if you wish. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say, but you know it's not mandatory. You know if you want to want to sit that one out, <laughs> uh, I understand. Um, so then we'll get into some quotes and we'll get into this one. So my first quote is, "Bam, the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts." That is a good one. And just for the record, not all positive changes. Feel positive in the beginning or in the (laughs) middle. (laughs) Also, this is a good one by Esther Perel. Longevity is not only the indicator of a successful relationship. And I would argue sometimes it's not even the most important indicator of a successful relationship.
1: Yeah. All right, so I have mine. It's been a while that I prepared all the notes for this episode. Uh, This one was cool. uh, that's how they say it. He loves you in his own way. Well, what about my way? What if I need for him to love me my, in my way? Uh, you know, that one I like because we get together and they say I love you and you say I love you. And there is a whole ocean between uh, what that, the meanings on each side. So I think that a big part of building a relationship and going through a relationship is figuring out what's your way and what's my way. Right. And we're still figuring that out. Yeah.
0: And learning each other's keys and code and hopefully creating some new language, which is a mesh of both. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's a, it's a combination of explaining to the partner what you mean when you say things. And then also for the partner to say, well, that's cool, but for me to understand it, I sometimes need it this way and for there to be middle ground to where, you know, we both take into account each other's desires and each other's natural state of communication and work together.
1: Yep. And um, it's not just about saying things, no. you know, it's, it's a lot of it is also about doing things, you know, uh, sometimes I'll be like, I really want to talk and I was like, I really don't want to talk. I'm cool. Chilling right here. And this is, this, you know, this is how I express love. Right. And I'd be like, ah, can we not talk? Nope. All mm-hmm. right. And then you just have to learn that that's just how it is.
0: Right. And hopefully it's, uh, you guys are both <laughs> trying to lean in and like contribute to each other's well-being and pleasure. So that way it's not like, fuck you, we're doing it my way. Fuck yeah. you, I'm doing it my way. Like, we're both actually trying to um, give and take. So that way, when sometimes someone's going to be like, you know what? I actually do not want to do that. And there should be room to be like, all right, I feel that. Yep. But if there's not a, not a lot of give and take before then, yep. then there's not going to be room for that. It's gonna be it like, no. just
1: like you don't want tahini on your meat. I get it. Right. What? Tahini sauce on your meat. I oh, you get yeah, it. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely yeah, not. Like, can we not try it? Nope. There's
0: never a chance <laughs> where I'm going to just want to be surprised with some sauce on my shit. <laughs> it's not going to happen.
1: Uh, All right. You'll be your best self when you take time to understand what you really need, feel, and want. This is a big part of our episode today. It's about feelings. It's about our wants, needs, and desires, and how do we go from where we are to learning what is it that we actually really need, feel, and want. There are only two mistakes one can make along the road to truth, not going all the way and not starting. Right. I think we see that every day, both of them.
0: And that's a good one. You know, as we're going through this long process, um, I'm starting to realize that it's not just a long process or an episode. It's a part of everything. It's a part of life. We're going to go through some highs. We're going to go through some lowers. We're going to go through some pensive. We're going to go for some quiets. We're going to go for some outers. And it's not like they're one isolated thing. And then after that, everything goes back to some form of normal It's all part of it. We're moving, we're growing, we're learning. Um, We're going back to our roots trying to discover more of who we are and why we do what we do. So these things that we go through are just a part of the process. Um, And the goal is to have a well-rounded experience. So that way it's not all bad, it's not all high, it's not all light, it's not all dark. um, Because they
1: all play a role in the cipher of the, the circumference of love. Um, so I think next episode we'll do on actually what and how we go through when it's really, really, really low and how do we manage to not just fuck it all and remember that it's just part of the 360 round right. thing and this is just the lowest part.
2: Yeah,
0: and part just being mindful of all your gauges and nourishing. And also with that quote it's really cool um, is, you know, don't abandon the work you know you can take a break you can walk it off um, but it's not good to abandon the work and what we found in some relationships um, near us and through our past is they start to do the work and it gets really really difficult and uncomfortable and so they abandon the work and they choose um, status quo over growth but don't consciously want to admit that And, and so that's the hard part is when you're growing, there's going to be a point, like a threshold, where it's just torturous feeling. And every part of your fear being is going to want to stop and just go back to where it was just normal. Let's just forget it all. Let's forget we had this difficulty. Um, and think that that's just going to heal it up. And it does all types of not positive things to you, to your relationship, to passion, to desire, to honesty, to being seen. And these things will metastasize in some other form of expression if we don't communicate so we suggest we try to live by this is stay committed to the work you don't have to move fast we're not worried about what pace we move at sometimes doing the work it's very slow Literally. <laughs> but Hello. don't abandon the work don't go back to pretending everything is all good and it's all one thing like be kind to your emotions and be kind to the process and understand that, you know, like, it's a tough time. What do you think
1: happens when, you know, I think what we've seen, what you're referring to, we've seen people, you know, really start the work and get all excited about it and make some progress and then hit, uh, hit the wall and, and walk away. What do you think happens when they, and usually, you know, people don't start, we don't start getting on a road that is difficult uh, but needed. Unless, like, there's a crisis. Usually it's a crisis that triggers it, and then we're like, well, we got to do something different, so this is what we're going to do. So you start with a crisis, you start the work, and then you hit the wall, and then you walk away. Well, there's going to be another crisis. Right. What do you think happens in another crisis?
0: Well, a lot of times um, we pretend like we didn't have the first crisis, and we pretend like we don't understand why we slow the process I think a lot of us collectively like to forget we're very good at like forgetting issues that we have and and they just keep coming up over and over again and we just keep forgetting that we have them because we don't really want to deal with them Um, and I think a lot of it too is we have to adjust our relationship with the word hard Right. we we seem to like want to run away from hard and gravitate towards easy But yet we want the heights, we want the successes of the the Steph Curry's and LeBron James's and the people at the highest peak of their um, profession, craft or whatever, but all of them went through hard work and consistently do and actually have a good relationship with hard. They're motivated by hard because they know hard equals growth, Um, but yet in our relationship stuff we really try to just gravitate away from hard and we just like easy. Um, and that in itself creates a barrier in us being able to deal with um, tough things, saying tough things, admitting tough things to ourselves and to each other is because we are very hard adverse. We just, the thought of like having a difficult conversation sometimes in relationships makes people so uncomfortable they just go, you know what, I'm just not going to deal with it.
1: Yeah, most of the time.
0: You know, so. But don't,
1: that's our don't next, next the episode, work. hopefully. Don't abandon
0: the work. So this episode is called... Big Feelings.
1: No, it's called Big Feelings.
0: Oh. oh,
1: oh. Old capitals with lots and lots of extra letters. Oh. The Big Feelings. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right. So, The Big Feelings is uh, about the evolution of me and my feelings and, and triggered by me starting to feel a lot of feelings and you know being okay with that sometimes not okay with that sometimes but in general i'm like all right well i like i'm at this point in my life where i feel all the feelings and they feel really big
3: really big
1: <laughs> so what do we do with that uh you know and i thought it was interesting tion has known me for i don't know most of your life now uh how was I before when you first met me?
0: Um, I wouldn't use big feelings in the way to describe. Very little feelings. They were there. They're small. They're very packaged. Um, you know, there was a there was in, a, in the center of the feelings. There's a really sweet, warm, loving person, but it's packaged in a very reserved way. Not a lot of smiling teeth, but it, it was there. But no, I mean it was you know. Very logical, very pensive, you know, very mind heavy.
1: Yeah. With, with a heart. So when Tion met me, uh, God, it was 96. 94? 95? 94, 95? 95. I graduated, I graduated from college 94.
0: 94. I graduated in high school 94. So. Right.
1: So 95. And it was, you know, four years after my family moved here. I grew up in uh, in the Soviet Union in a very intellectual uh, Russian-Jewish family. We didn't have big feelings. I'm sure everyone had feelings, but at least my family didn't show feelings. Uh, And I think that it was a combination of both living where we lived and also being the product of just a different culture. Right. Um, You know, there's not... A lot of uh, showing of big feelings going on, and uh, that that's that was me. You know, I was like, it. I was used to not uh, not having those feelings, uh, but there was something different in you know my family and how I how my family was and has been and how I was and have been because even with the background and uh, you know not having and, and like having a very stoic attitude mm-hmm. <laughs> towards everything I I obviously could feel things enough right. for me to have intuition enough for me to be pulled to certain people and situations right? you know that produce feelings so um, what do you think? where did that come from
0: well it's, i think everybody's born with big feelings and big thoughts and big things it's just our societal norms and nurture and nature don't allow us to uh you know act more on them or act less on them i think we're all we all kids have feelings kids before they can speak or as they're growing there are more feelings and thoughts they are just they're emot- i was told i
1: you know. was a very mellow child i was told yeah. that was basically they would lay me down and I would just be there yeah
0: that might have been you just were calm and your feelings and your thoughts were, were okay with each other yeah you know um, I think feelings are always there I think every I would argue that every damn near every human being makes decisions based upon feelings and not thought yep. Um, no matter how big they express the feelings or not they can be very inside of them but there's something that's motivating them beyond thought Um, Thoughts alone don't motivate alone. Like, it's a feeling. There's a feeling that we feel when we think certain things. And that's been the biggest
1: problem, I think, with me to realize that because, like, with every time that you and I go through something, and maybe not necessarily in a crisis situation, but we would start a conversation and you're like, no, but you felt something. I'm like, no, I didn't. Right. And he's like, no, I know you felt something. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you I didn't. Right. So even uh, knowing that... No, i act on feelings when i look back i'm like nope no feelings there
2: right
0: so that's more of a training mentally to not identify or associate what's motivating you because i think possibly in the way you're brought up being motivated by feelings ties into irrational and not being mentally in control um and so therefore we never want to admit to being moved by things beyond something that we clearly think
1: Yeah, and I mean, that definitely goes back into uh, the whole way of being raised uh, was to be in control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it's safer. So, you know, like life without big feelings is a lot safer for us individually. You don't have to... You basically feel in control of your ups and downs. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You don't have the big ups and downs if you don't have feelings or if you don't admit that you have feelings.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: But then, you know, I've always wanted the moon so that I want the ups, but I'm scared of the downs. Right.
0: Which makes it challenging.
1: Well, yeah, it makes it really challenging. (laughs) I mean, it's... You can't... You know like being in the middle sucks because it's boring right i can't live boring like that is not cool but being brought up to be in control means that you have to be in the middle
0: right not too high Not don't get too high don't get too low
1: right like don't get carried away right there is no you know you don't lose control right make rational decisions and then you'll be fine But then that leads to such boredom that you start making irrational decisions just to feel something. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: No, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, when you when we when we need to mentally control, um, we seek to make every situation fit into a situation we've already known and done. And so we know how to act in it. So we, we start forming experiences into like things that we've already that we know because mm-hmm. control comes from knowledge like you know this is this way I'm going to make it this way so
1: you know the outcome
0: right so if, in situations where you don't know the outcome you look to create that experience into a structure that you already understand which then you know mutates it obviously or strips it out of the excitement because a lot of the excitement the excitement um, of growth comes from unknown
2: mm-hmm. comes
0: from there's I'm not sure if I can but I really want to and I'm going to try there's a chance I can't make it and there's a leap of faith I have to take, which means there's a gap between what I know I can do and what is it, what can be done.
1: So do you think that, you know, now I'm thinking like a bit about how I grew up and now how our kids are growing up. Do you think that um, this concept of I don't know if I can, but I really want to try and I'm going to go and try it means that the more they try, the more they trust themselves and then that means that they're not gonna they're gonna make less irrational decisions just to just to try things could, because they know that if they really want to, they've been given an opportunity to try it and see if it works out.
2: Yeah.
0: Well I think the less people have to repress thoughts, ideas and emotions And the more normalized they are to have them and to share them and explore them, um, the less negative reaction for a feeling happens.
1: So I think, you know, as as we're talking about it, I think that because, you know, uh, like I was raised, like a lot of my uh, friends were raised with this. No, you do what logically makes sense. And that includes, you know, the kind of friends you have, what kind of school you go to, the kind of... uh, the kind of direction that you take in your professional life, right. the kind of decisions that you make in terms of who to create family with, like when all of that is very controlled and you're not allowed to really take uh, like a leap of faith and try something, then you build that life. It makes sense to you. And the only area where you start experimenting when you get bored is this area of relationship with other people. Right. Because that's your outlet. I'm not going to all of a sudden, you know, when I have a family and I have a professional life, decide that I want to try and be a ballerina. Right. That makes no sense. But trying to connect with somebody else to seek that feeling is probably the most accessible way of trying it out.
0: Right. It's what's left. It's like the, the area that you can...
1: Right, because I can't easily go and try myself out as a hairdresser. That's the only thing I've actually wanted to do in my life when I was little. Right. Uh, You know, but I can go and, you know, see how I feel with somebody else.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think when we make most of our life decisions based upon logic and what we should do, is a lot of times we end up making decisions before we get to think about what we want and what we feel. And then at some point, we get frustrated, our emotions get frustrated um, with these preset decisions because they don't necessarily fit um, every part of our desire, intuition, ambition, passion. And then we, we basically are building boxes before we realize um, or try to even see if it fits.
1: Well, I'm just trying to think... So, you know, we let our kids figure out what they want to do by doing it. Right. You know, and that doesn't... It goes for their personal lives, but mostly they experiment in other things. You know, in that personal life, I meant relationships with pe- with, with people. Right. But, you know, they've been experimenting with a lot of other things. Right? There's a lot of art going on. Right. Because we let it. Right. There is less schooling, more art. Right. You know? There is a way to naturally figure out. They're both, both of the oldest ones, have naturally figured out their own relationships with weed. Right. You know through trying it.
2: Right.
1: Uh, they're figuring out how they react to things. They're figuring out what books they like to read. Like they're figuring a lot of things out, a lot with a lot more freedom than I ever had. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, as well as being allowed to form relationships how they want to form relationships so I wonder if having all these other outlets you know like Karina can be like hey I want to go and try pottery." I'm like awesome I would have never said that when I was 19 right but it's amazing to me that she would do that right you know or I'm gonna want to I'm gonna go and volunteer over here and then I'm gonna go and volunteer over there and see what I like completely opposite things right you know Yeah. yeah so Does that, I think that having that freedom and those experiences and the self assurance of knowing that you can try and figure things out, you know, uh, maybe doesn't eliminate, but like takes the pressure off of this one area of intimate relationship experimenting. Yeah,
0: it gives room to generate um, nutrients, emotional, mental, and spiritual nutrients in many different ways. So we don't need to emphasize it so much on the right. sexual way. Yep. Um, you know, and that becomes that once we start narrowing our scope yep. and depriving ourselves of the ability of feeling and thinking freely of trying different things and vocalizing this, is basically vocalizing parts of our being that some people can't like, you know, if you're like, you're saying, if you're growing up in an environment where you can't be like, you know, I want to learn how to make, Balloons, balloon animals. Yep. Like if that looked at, scolded, then all of a sudden there's there starts to be this preset filter in your mind that says, Oh no, we can't think that. Oh no, we can't say yeah, that. Oh no. no, we can't feel that." I mean, that. I
1: mean, with me, I think it's at the point where it's not even like I just don't even think about it.
0: Right. It's like trained. It down. doesn't
1: even right. It does not even naturally exist. Every time that the kids do something or tell me they're doing something, I'm in awe. I'm like, holy shit! I wish I could do that.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that space, you know, like we just we we discuss all the time. When you repress or when we're forced to repress parts of our being, parts of our joy, parts of our passion, parts of our inner child, um, bad things can happen because we create really multiple levels of internal dialogue. And some is resentment, some is anger, some is sorrow, um, some is regret, and all these things start to build up. And then
1: the focus on. Another person coming in and giving it to you becomes so much more intense. Right. That, you know, I think that we all, you know, like uh, we as in our society, the way that we are, we are more prone to seeking, going on Tinder and seeking someone to bring us joy. Right. Versus going, you know what? I want to try pottery. Right. And I want to bring my own joy to myself whenever I want to.
0: Right. Yeah, and that way, when you do go on Tinder, okay, Cupid, you have a better balance of expectation. Because it's not a need. You're like, I'm not looking for someone to bring me something. I'm looking for someone to share something with. Um, And it becomes, when we don't need something, we we appreciate and desire it, um, we tend to treat it better. We tend to be more mindful of it, tend to be more respectful of the space it may need. Um, or the differences but when we need something we yeah. latch on and we hope to death that it's exactly what we and we end up you know strangling relationships and circumstances because of the need um, and the codependency on it in hopes that it'll provide us something that we can't provide ourselves
1: yeah yeah Which, no that's that's a huge thing and you know I think we have veered a little bit but yeah, so you know we're growing up without experiencing big feelings is a lot safer Uh, You know, you're a lot more in control, but then you have less highs and less lows. And then you're also less invested in other people. Like the biggest thing for me when I started feeling these things, I'm like, holy shit. Like I actually feel, I feel hurt when someone, uh, you know, when there's a difficulty in the relationship. Right. Whereas before it'd be like, whatever, fuck you too. Right. You know, and it's a big, big, big feeling. Right. And instead of walking away from it and dismissing it and being like, whatever, that person was stupid anyway. I don't want to deal with that. Right. I'm like, well, you know, that, I feel it because I actually care.
0: Right. You're like, ouch,
2: <laughs> ouch. And that's
1: a big change.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. You know, I think I went through a lot of my life uh, with a very limited scope of who and how I care for.
2: Right.
1: Like, very limited scope.
0: Right. So hedging investment very yeah. much so. Yeah, and, and totally. Investment. Yep. So you can walk away at any time. Yeah. Right.
1: But then also, you know, when you don't practice feeling, you don't understand what you're feeling. Right. Because you have no practice.
0: Right. And then it goes into that out of control area. Then yeah. it fights against your desire to control, which then yeah. stifles the big feelings. You want to reel it back in. It's like the, the critical parent side was going, we're not supposed to feel those things. We got carried away. Reel that shit back in.
1: Yep. Right. Exactly. So then, you know, the experiencing the big feelings is new and it's different and it's like, holy shit, what is this? I don't like it. I feel vulnerable. Like feeling vulnerable is the biggest thing.
0: Right. How we deal with feeling vulnerable. I think,
1: yeah, I also think that, you know, like from my own life experience, maybe um, having one love that you invest everything in... Right. ...makes it seemingly safer. Right. Right? So the whole monogamy thing is that you give your big feelings to one person... Right. ...and you safeguard them. You safeguard them through your vows. You safeguard them through the structure where it's a violation of the whole... ...the whole, you know, the structure of your relationship... If they hurt you right you're safeguarded you place your big feelings into a safe container right and that's where you want to keep them right now taking it out of that one big container and now spreading them to other people investing into other people means that you're gonna be mo- you're gonna be more vulnerable on different different sides of your life right And you can't safeguard that. Because if you start investing in people and relationships and caring, you have, I mean, you have no control over your own marriage. You're not going to have control over anything else. Right. right? People can turn and people can change and people can have something happen in their life. And, you know, you're going to be vulnerable to all of that. And, you know, kind of goes with. Avoiding hard feelings or avoiding hard work. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You know, I was raised to avoid feeling vulnerable. Right. Which meant I'd never invested in other people. Right. Which meant that. So, the whole premise of why I even came to this thing and why we're even doing this episode, um, when I started feeling big feelings because I felt super vulnerable, you know, we've had a couple of. Uh, Change and changes, switches. <laughs> changes and switches and I saw a pattern as to why and how I felt really super vulnerable right. I'm like whoa that really means that if I invest this much into a person this, there's a big chance that this is how I'm going to feel again Right. am I okay with that or am I not okay with that if I'm not okay with that I should stop investing in other people right If I'm okay with that, I need to learn how to be okay with feeling this way. Right. But then really what I started feeling is that, you know, I don't think that I can stop investing in other people because what I'm lacking is a deep relationship where others care about me and where I feel cared for. Right. And if I don't invest, I'm not going to get that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. When you're, you know, I remember talking yeah. about that when I walked. you're like, you know, I want people to be there for me and I want people to care for me. And I asked you, well, have you ever showed them any time during the relationship <laughs> that you're willing to um, be cared for? You know, have you ever showed them vulnerability to where they saw that there was there was room for you to actually be helped by them? Um, and that would be a bigger indicator that well, it's hard for someone to. Um, Be able to care for you and be there if you don't allow them to, um, you know, you keep it one way where you're supporting them and you're down to help them, but you don't want them close to you.
1: Well, right. And that's the whole thing of controlling your environment, controlling who you let in and how. Right. Because, you know, even if I uh, invest in them and don't show my own feelings. Right. Then I'm still going to feel that i'm not cared for when something happens right so my big quest with big feelings and everything else that i've been doing is to learn how to develop relationships where i actually feel cared for right that it's me that you know someone cares for that you know we can go through difficult times and i'm gonna feel connected that we can not talk for whatever, however long, and I feel like you know they're like they're there for me whenever I need to Right. reach out. And uh, I've 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 developed a couple. Once I stopped and I started taking inventory of what kind of relationships I do have in my life, uh, I definitely have a couple that I feel this way. That yes they do care for me uh, and they are the ones that I just go to whenever I feel like it yeah. that I don't censor how I feel right I don't try to control a situation I don't try to limit my feelings uh, and that's pretty cool yeah I
0: mean it's a it's an important thing it's just, it's you know when we open ourselves up we're gonna feel more period that's more highs <laughs> more lows um, we're gonna feel more of what life is about, which is impermanence. There's highs and lows and change. Highs and lows and change. There's yeah. you don't know how long a good thing is supposed to last. You don't know how long a bad thing is gonna be bad, or you don't know how long a person's gonna be in your life. You don't. I mean, you just don't know. And I think our desire to control places expectations that on situations that we have no idea about, and so we're so hurt. When things go really good for a while, and all of a sudden they change, and it no longer works out, like we feel like we're almost like ripped off. (laughs) After all this time, you're just gonna. It's like, who says what is what? Like, you know. um, But we are so surprised and so hurt by change. And we have to. We. I mean, impermanence is real. Like, you just don't know. We don't know. We don't know how long we're gonna be alive. We don't know long how. How long a certain relationships are gonna be there? Like, I've had so many friendships where it's like, man, I could never imagine this ending. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like next week, sequels, a series of events. You're like, damn. And then six weeks from there, you're like, damn, that, that did that per that was that person even in my life? Like, wow, there was a, a period of time where I thought like that person was gonna be a part of the team. Like that was gonna be like, you know, like. Iguodala or something was going to be just somebody who's going to be there. Like, they may not be the star, but they're, like, an important part of the team. And next thing you know, they're, like, Harrison Barnes. Like, not even, they're gone. Not even, like, you know. Um, and so I'm just, I've learned and keep trying to learn it over and over again. It's, like, you got to just stay on your toes and, and, and know that, like, nothing lasts forever. And all you can do is appreciate it and show as much love and kindness to it while it's there. And that's the best insurance you can to make it last as long as it's supposed to.
1: <laughs> right. And then it's, you know, it, that's that's a uh, another reason for knowing your own feelings yeah. and nurturing your own self. Because then when uh, people come and go, it's not a devastating effect.
0: Right. Now well, that's the big, 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 big deal of that is you know when we are codependent on other people to provide us with oxygen and food yeah. we cannot handle transition there will be a there could be very clear signs that this person is no longer the person that should be in the role you have them in in your life yeah. but you're so attached and dependent on them to provide you this oxygen or these forms of nutrients that you will not allow that change to occur and eventually the person that you were loving, you've now altered because you're not allowing them to move and. Grow. So I
1: think that you know, in the, in an ironic way, what I used, what I did before it, you know, when I didn't have a lot of feelings, uh, was me trying to create my own version of I don't need other people to make me feel a certain way. Right. You know, I'm perfectly fine with myself. Right. I'm perfectly fine with who I am, how I am. I don't care for other people's opinions. I don't care for, you know, whether I have two friends or 22 friends and actually want less than that. Uh, And that was an attempt to create a version of, yeah, I don't want to depend on other people. Right. So what's the difference between no big feelings version and the big feelings version of that
0: well the main thing is it's probably mind-based and not spiritually based right um, the reality is while you were doing that you were still needing and other people like we're a very independent human being interdependent human beings like we may not our goal may not to be to need any one specific person place or thing to provide us with our vital nutrients But we do need people, places, and things to provide us with vital nutrients. You know, we're not locked in a room. We're not up on a mountain by ourselves. So all the time that we may be convincing ourselves that we don't need or want other people, we're still in an environment where we're looking for other people. We're just trying to figure out how do we get as much from them without giving in return like how can i get what i want from them when i want it from them without having to give right. anything else to be yep. to be mutually invested or to be obligated or be responsible or accountable to a person um and so that mutates it because it's mind based it's control based it's not love based because um, in reality like i always try to say for myself like i don't want to be dependent on any one particular person place or thing to provide me with my core nutrients um That doesn't mean that I'm not interdependent on people, places, experiences, symbols to help me navigate this space. I just don't want it to be where it's predicated on one person or one activity or one talent or one source of happiness because at any given time, these can change. And if my source of happiness is solely based upon, say, skateboarding, and all of a sudden, my body breaks down to where I can't skate as hard or as long to get those nutrients. I'm fucked. You know, I know there's going to be a time where skateboarding may not be my focal point. So I need to have other outlets of creativity and expansion. So graffiti. But then there's times when the graffiti I can't do that. Then there's rhyming. There's times when I can't do that. Then there's beat making. Then there's friendships. Then there's bowling. Then there's all these different things. <clears throat> so that way, I'm less attached to one avenue but I'm still attached to avenues if that makes sense
1: well you and I are pretty intertwined
0: yeah that's it
1: no well, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just pondering this long
0: gritting teeth and I mean this is not a live video cam they can't just sit there and look at you they just just hearing silence
1: no, I'm just pondering that, you know, it's...
0: It's an investment. It's a deep investment. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a part of it is we're, there's going to be times in our lives when we invest enough to where um, we're heavily reliant on the outcome of this to as far as for our, our safety and our happiness. But I think if at the end of the day, if any of us needed to not be together, we wouldn't die.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's what I mean. Um, and that's the thing is, like, you don't want to be to the point where, like, you're saying, I'm I'm not dependent on anybody. I can just take or leave anything at any time. Like, we don't want to be indifferent because then we're tuned out. We want right. to stay deeply connected. We want to be deeply moved. We want to be super excited when we're with somebody we really care about we do amazing things. And we want to feel sad when we're not or yep. when it changes. Yep. The goal is to not uh, to get rid of feelings. The goal is to understand all those feelings are a part of the ride. Yep. You know, and none of it lasts forever. Impermanence is real. If you're feeling really, really high, give thanks. Um, if you're feeling you're going through some hellish shit, just keep walking and breathing, knowing that at some point it changes um, with the work and the direction that we go. You know, the only thing stagnant is when we stay in one space and we, cre- we keep we keep recreating the circumstances that are the ones we're trying to avoid, but we keep recreating them due to not identifying them ignoring them, avoiding them, pretending like we have no role in the situations. Um, Other than that, I mean, you know, things move.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest change. And, you know, what I'm willing to feel is that I'm willing to feel all of it. Right. Like, I'm willing to feel that I'm sad, that I'm upset, that I'm scared, that I'm sensitive. And it's it's like a two-level thing. Yeah. you know on one level I totally I feel it all and on the other level I'm kind of looking at myself feeling it and be like yep that's what you're feeling keep feeling it
0: right and you know it's funny we, we talked about the analogy of financial investment you know most people who invest financially know when they invest there's a risk of losing what they've invested that's kind of a part of it when they invest
1: well it depends on the safety
0: but yeah right but there's there's always a potential of losing even if it's like a safe bet And they know the more that they invest, the bigger the investment without knowing exactly everything about something, right, like a new product or a new idea, there's a good chance it could bust, there's a good chance it could make you millions. With relationships, a lot of times we're investing very heavily into other people that we don't know much about. But yet we still are devastated when we get heartbroken when things don't work out. After four years, two years, six months, six years, 10 years, 20 years. It's like... It's an investment, you know. If we're not willing to go through the possibility of heartbreak, the possibility of being hurt, um, then we can't expect the level of highs that we want. Because you, the range you have to, if you're gonna, if you want a lot, you have to invest a lot. You want a little return, you invest a little bit.
1: Right. So okay. So that's a good good uh, transition into talking about what. How do we know what we want? Right. You know, with investments. Me being from that world. Right you sit down with a person you go All right tell me about your financial situation tell right. me about like your age your income so you basically create a profile of the person right in in order to determine their risk tolerance
2: right cool. based on
1: the risk tolerance you know a good investment professional will help you find a product that matches your risk tolerance right and that so takes the into account find risk tolerance
0: because i think that's a, in the root of what we're talking about
1: so risk tolerance is how much can you afford to lose in order to have a chance to make a certain amount?
0: Right, without losing your... your without living stability. your livelihood,
1: right. So yeah. the way that I look at it when, I, when I, you know, deal, I deal with a lot of people that put themselves in wrong situations is right. you look at, okay, well, what were you thinking you were doing? Right. You know, you're a uh, 75-year-old grandma with limited income and... Do you decided you wanted some speculative investments because your income wasn't enough? Or well, what did you think was gonna happen? Right. Uh, so risk tolerance is what can you lose to not and and without it affecting your livelihood. Right. You still keep your house, you still keep your car, you know, you keep your daily life. Maybe you can no longer go on vacation. Right. But you can still eat and live. Right. That's, that's like a good way of determining what suits you. Like what is suitable for you at this point in your life? How much can you risk?
0: Right. So you have a, a person who does create, create a profile.
1: Right. 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 So you sit down and you have a pretty standard way of creating a profile. Right. The person's age, the person's profession, what they make, what their net worth is. And then from there, you kind of figure out, all right, well, they don't need this money to live on. Right. We can play with it. Right. Well, do they, are they planning on sending their kids to college in five years? Yep, okay, well, then we know that we have a limited timeline. Right, right. And we shouldn't lose the whole thing. Right. You know, or no, this is just pure play money. Or no, they actually rely on this money. They have $200,000 saved up, and they need to supplement their income. Right. Well, they can't lose it, so we have to go really conservative and maybe give them 5% a year.
0: Okay. So you take that. And you put that in an analogy of uh, emotional, mental, spiritual investment into relationships. So technically, we should have someone we can sit with right. and create a profile <laughs> and be like, OK, tell me what, you, what, you, what your age, what you're looking for, what you have. OK, so based um, what's up, your history? Of what's relationships? your history? Right. So based upon what we know, you, sh- you, could probably, you should probably look to invest maybe this amount for this amount of return. You probably shouldn't look to the next person to be your everything. Because if you put your everything into this investment, knowing you can't afford to lose everything, then you're going to be at a deficit. Do you know how useful that
1: service would be?
0: Oh, it would be great if people believed they needed it. Right. If you (laughs) remind them,
1: no, no, remember, Anne, you got into this with just like you wanted to go on four dates a month. Right. Go to the theater, go have a drink, maybe have sex. That's it. Right. So, wait, how many, how many dates did you go on with this person last month? Four. Yeah. Okay, well, why are you upset? Oh, now you want eight. Right, right. But, hey, this is what you said you wanted at the beginning, so has that changed? Right. Yes. Okay, well, have you communicated that change?
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a big part of it is um, a lot of us invest way more than we emotionally, mentally can afford to invest Um. Or can afford to lose if the investment turns bad. And so when the investment turns bad, we go, I can't even believe he or she did that to me. I I can't believe this and that. We also
1: don't even know how to create the profile. Right. We don't even sit down and go, what is it that I honestly want? Right.
0: And there goes the, there's the gap between. But I
1: think that like the Tinder and OKC profile is an attempt to walk you yeah. through creating a profile, but we all lie to ourselves and right <laughs> to the people that are meeting us, and then our profile doesn't really match what we want.
0: Right, and that's the the challenge that we're trying to do within ourselves and the people. Encourage is be try to l- listen to yourself and learn what you want, and need, so you can be a hundred percent honest and authentic with yourself. So if you're looking for the love of your life. Then when you're on that profile, you should say, I am looking for the love of my life. I have no time for anybody who feels they may not be that. Yep. As opposed to like, oh, I'm easy going. You know, I'm I'm going with the flow. And knowing that you're really looking for the love of your life. Or the other way, if you're like, look, I just really just want to have sex. I don't want to have any type of, say that. I really just want to have sex with just this, this, and that there a couple dinners here and there, maybe conversation. That's it. But yep. we don't need we don't wanna say these things because of fear that we'll be rejected. And we'll be judged. And we'll be judged. So therefore we start lying and embellishing or withholding information. And then when we get with somebody, both people perhaps are partially withholding information. <laughs> and then, you know, after a few nights, a few times they have sex, a few months, a few years, they realize they're very very different reasons for getting together. Yep. And then one's like, but I thought you said you cared. And they're like, I did. You're like, well, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I cared, and now I don't care. Well, I care, and I want to have kids. Well, I, I never said I want to have kids. Yep. And then, you know, we're too emotionally... We're overinvested at that point. We can't afford to divest. That's see a lot of people who are in marriages for 10, 20 years who were like, this investment's not really panning out, but I really can't afford to not. I can't yeah. afford to divest. I have too much into this already. So I have to just keep going. Hopefully it pans out, even though.
1: Yeah, no, the whole, like, the whole process of sitting down to actually start learning what is it that you want? Yeah. What is it that you need? What is it that you desire right. is a trip. You know, I never did that until now. I'm like, okay, well, I'm actually going to learn what is it that I want. Right. What did I did I do this because I wanted it? Did I do this because I needed it? Did I do this because I desired it? Right. That's a trip. So, you know, I mean, and I think that a good exercise is to sit down and actually, you know, when when we do nutrition, uh, when we do a relationship nutrition sessions when it's not crisis, that would be one thing to do.
0: Right. Well, then that, that ties into the financial thing as well. Um, we should probably be aware of our finances and what we can and can't spend before we're in crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before, like, well, that's a last prudent, payment right. due, you right. know about to default and and get our car repossessed but that's the thing in our relationships we don't do the hard deep work unless it's a crisis and we have to and in that space we're not in our right state of mind we don't have the amount of time it may take to thoroughly think it through because now all of a sudden we have a time and an emotional strain on it Um, and that's what you know like figuring out our operations um, how we want to meet interact engage with another man another woman like we should be thinking and mapping these things out long before we actually meet the person because by the time we meet the person our emotions will kick in our feelings and desires will kick in and they'll move faster than our mind will keep up with and then we end up in kerfuffles
1: yep so i think that that is uh something that we need to talk about in our second half of the podcast mm-hmm. like how do we learn what do we want? How do we, like in a society that you know I was never told to pay attention to what I want right? You know, I have obligations. I have things I'm supposed to do. I'm not, you know, I'm not at all encouraged to look at what is it that I want right or what are my basic needs right? And what are my desires?
0: right. and also, And thinking about all that, how important it is to acknowledge those because the reality is whether or not a person like you or anybody feels they are not allowed to think about them, we still have them and we still act upon them. Yeah, right. And so it's never a situation that we completely deprive ourselves of these wants, needs, and desires. It's just that we suppress them and then they come out in weird ways that we weren't expecting and now we have to deal with the mess because we never thought them through. Um and so it's a really complex thing of undoing the, the 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 concept that we can't or we weren't allowed to um or we shouldn't have them and figure out okay well we have them we've they've acted out in our lives for better or for worse. Now it's a time for us to pause invite these feelings that have been a big part of our decision making for most of our lives bring them into the light. Let's learn about them. Let's Let's talk to them. them. Let's
1: understand who they are, what they look like, what they feel like. So next time when I'm feeling something, I actually know where it's coming from and what do I need to do with it.
0: Right. What it's trying to communicate. Yeah. Cool. This is a half Black Christian podcast, episode 29. Big feelings. Uh, We'll go into a track. This is a remix that I did for my sister in tough. Stay tuned. Listen and enjoy the Black Christian podcast. Black.
4: Like a love, but a the Lord promised, sola, so don't push over. I get cold, like the Then, so I be militant in these days. No be reptilians in the and the chemtrails are in this carriage. Television Time to jump over. I of mine. Long time they've looked for ours and mine. Look how long people been deprived when big surprise we still. Are... Lord promised sure love, or it, you know? like a don't foresee no. Tough like a boulder, tougher rub- than boulder. Yes I got the Lord promised sure like us don't foresee. I cool, like am hey, hey. So through the devastation I see, most I all me. I've got people who rely on me. Some of stay in I'm a road runner in the streets, broke the rules in them industries. I just keep riding on these because 'cause I'm from NYC. So don't push me over No You know me tough like a folder
0: Yeah, 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 it is Tian Buku with with the Park Ranger In <laughs> this is the second half of episode 29. We took a small break. <laughs> Only a whole week. Like a whole week to get over some jet lag and get some more time in. But now we are back in full effect. So it sounds seamless to you guys. We are talking about big feelings. Now we're getting into the transition, now that we're identifying what these big feelings are. So we're talking about Yula having big feelings and examining her wants, needs, and desires.
1: It's a miracle. I have feelings. I've discovered I have feelings. Mm-hmm. So now what do I do with them? Right. Well, it looks to me like now that I'm getting used to actually having feelings and not trying to pretend that I don't. I need to figure out, since I am mostly a logical person, I need to figure out, all right, well, what do I do with them? And uh, it's very interesting, I think. Once you acknowledge that, yeah, I have feelings, they're going to come and go, they're going to be deep, some of them are going to be really happy, others are going to be pretty painful, uh, and everywhere in between, now you go, okay, well... So how do I make sense of what, what I'm feeling? And can I have any sort of control over how do I want to feel? And that's when I started actually asking myself, wow, you know, I it seems like I have a choice over how I want to feel. Never mind, Tian has been telling me that for the last 15 years. <laughs> but, you know, I have to get to it when I get to it. So seemingly I've gotten to it, and now... I'm like, all right, well, I am pretty sure I have a choice. And I can figure out what is it that I want to feel. And that's a pretty big deal for me. And I think it's a pretty big deal for a lot, a lot, a lot of people.
0: Right. And also, pluralizing feeling. Because, we know, we have feelings, and so it's not all one. They don't always all agree. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think what was important for me um, is... Just identifying all the feelings, like because they're all very valid. So let's talk to and get close to all of our feelings and not treat them as one's more superior than the other. And we should we suppress some and, and uh, acknowledge others. We should embrace them all, because whether or not we identify it or not, they all are playing a role in our actions and um, what we do and what we don't do. So identifying those feelings and then introducing those feelings to your rational thought to the to your conscious thought of what you want what you think you want or what you think you should and then matching those up with your true feelings because as we find there can be a disconnect between right. what we consciously think we want right, and, and what what's, we're, coming what are, out. what's coming out based upon our actions and what we're gravitating to over and over again
1: right and that was a big thing I think I actually uh, prepared this episode before we went through our whole last go around mhm that was super painful, but what came out of that one was that, uh, you know, while we were going through it, you explained to me, or you actually were able to vocalize what you started uh, taking very seriously in your own life, is the desire on your end to close the gaps between what you feel, what you think, yeah. how you, uh, what you do, and what you say. Right. And that made a lot of sense to me. Now, in order to do that, you have to actually start paying attention to how you feel. Right. And that's the, like, that's the most difficult part, at least for me, to reconcile. You know, I can see... I, you know, it's easier to go back and say, okay, and, 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 and see what you did and what you said. Right. But it's not so easy to go back and understand what did you feel right it's it's easier even to trace your thought, but the feelings that's different right at least for me. That's been like the most difficult part when you and I were going through it and you were like, yeah, but what you did was caused by a feeling. I'm like, I don't know, right you know and you're like, well, you must have felt something right. And that's when I started realizing, well, I have to train myself to actually trace my own feelings, which right. means I have to acknowledge them.
0: Right. And this this feelings as being the primary point of our motivation is under the premise that we both agreed upon that the majority of the reasons why we do mostly anything as humans in our lives is for a feeling, either to attain a feeling or to avoid feeling a certain way. Okay. So usually, because um, we, a lot of us know logically Things that we should and shouldn't do. But that doesn't mean we always do them or don't do them.
1: Uh, point in fact.
0: Right. So if, there, if, we, if we know that, that logic and facts don't always motivate us, then we have to identify what's motivating us is how we feel. If something feels good, we're more apt to do it even if it's not good for us. I.e. the types of food that we eat or partying a lot or drinking a lot or, um, you know, not working out. Um, things like this. Like, we know that, you know, we want to live a healthy life. We want to be able to function and we want to do these things, but yet we'll still do things that feel good that may be counter to what we say we're about. So, a lot of us talk about we're about open and honesty and we hate lie and we hate liars and all this stuff, but our actions aren't saying the same thing because we all hide things, we all are lying to ourselves or to other people about certain parts of ourselves. Um, we've all faced certain truths that we were very, very uncomfortable with and chose to just pretend it didn't exist and go a different direction. But yet we're on this, this soapbox claiming, like, we hate lies and we, and liars and we're about the truth and growth and we want what's best for our partners when in reality our actions are saying, no, we don't. We really want to just be safe. Yep. And sometimes in order for us to be safe, it means we have to sacrifice um, giving and honoring our partner's freedom of decision and liberation. But that's
1: a whole different podcast.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot. But that's, you know, so that's where it goes. But so, so if we identify that we do, what makes us activate in life is a feeling base over a logic and rationale base. That means a lot of times there's a gap between our logic and which is telling, which is, is kind of like our parent. It's like our the worry wart and our parent, and then our desires and feelings are kind of like the impulsive, or inner child, or just pure energy that's like we go. Right. We're grab. We're gravitating towards certain things based upon a vibe, or we're we're moving away from things based upon a vibe.
1: Right. So you know, there we come to my first point as, what is it. Like, how? what does life look like without us actually differentiating or paying attention to what are our needs, wants, and desires? Right. And it turns out that it's pretty messy. Yeah. You know, it just looks like a bunch of uh, messy decisions that create situations that we repeat over and over and over again, even though logically we understand that we shouldn't. But until we start paying attention to what's driving us, you know, that was that a need, was that a want, was that a desire, we're going to keep repeating it. So, you know, life without paying attention and understanding what those are and the difference between the three mm-hmm. is pretty messy. Yeah, It's like you say, it's like a kid, you know, that wants this one second and then turns around and... Throws a tantrum and then now he's happy and now they want to do it all over again.
0: Right. And we're trying to rationalize what's going on as opposed to understanding the feelings that are motivating these vibes. Um, and yeah, it's really, I feel it's a lot about just taking the time to get to know ourselves and ask ourselves the right questions because, you know, we say, How do I feel? That, and, and that question, the way it's framed, it basically is asking us a one-answer thing: How do we feel? Happy, sad, mad? But so, as I opposed mean, to going, how? What are the feelings I'm feeling? So
1: this- you're a pretty good example of a person who examines pretty well. Right. You know what's going on inside of you. I hear all the voices; they all talk <laughs> to me. You know, I actually think Aaron's kind. Of, it's it, he's doing the same kind of thing. Right. Uh, so how did you start? Like, wh- where did you start?
0: I just start hearing voices, I don't know like you just start hearing voices and you start trying to you know make sense of all of them, like when I would be like, Ooh, I get to go skating with these pros, and all of a sudden there's a wave of a mix of feelings. I'm excited because I get to go skate with these pros, then I'm nervous because what if I'm not that good and I, they get laugh at me, and then I'm concerned about what if I get hurt really early, and I'm going to be out really far away, and I'm not going to be able to get home or or you know, just, just so many, there's such an arrange of, so of thoughts have, and feelings.
1: So, did you have when you, you know, you acknowledge that you had more than one feeling? Mm-hmm. Did you have anyone you can express that to, or was it always the you other to person yourself? in my head? Yeah,
0: because <laughs> yeah. throughout all of it, there was for me, there's always a person in my head um, that plays the role of the organizer who tries to get them all together and hear them all and go, Okay, so what do we do? What is going to be our Um, comfort zone that's going to make us feel good about going, right? Because some of them are like, ooh, maybe this is going to be nervous. What if you're not good enough? What if you're not? Maybe we shouldn't go. And that's where anxiety and worry Mm -hmm. comes in. Um, And those feelings are real, too. And the other ones are like, dude, this is going to be dope. You've been wanting to meet these people for a while. you got these crazy traits you've never seen. Who knows? You might even get sponsored. And so we have to sit them all together and figure out what's our consensus. And then we make a move. So there's always a person like a a personality in my head that's that helps us organize, right and
1: that's you and i think that you know i don't have that person in my head i think that's what i'm trying to to develop i never i i think that um my you know my voices were all like combined into one strongest one right so it wasn't like a consensus of different ones and someone was organizing it and i think for a lot of people it's like that So that's when we seek an outside person. And from what I'm seeing in our family, having kids who can come to us and express all those feelings, like Deja is amazing at it. Aaron started doing that again when he stopped, stopped, you know, when he was a young teenager. But he'd be be excited and he'd be like, mom, I'm really nervous. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. Well, right. what are you nervous about? Well, you know, I'm concerned about being in front of people. Right. And I think, like, I'd never done that. Right. I think that expressing those feelings and then helping someone at least acknowledge them mm-hmm. and make sense of them and make it so that, yeah, it's normal to feel those things.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think a big part of our issue is, um, with our rational side, is we always ass- we have assumptions, like we're supposed to feel... This way, or we're supposed to say these things, or we're supposed to not say these things. So what happens is we're always putting our best front up, even to ourselves. Right. How am I feeling?
1: I'm feeling excited.
0: And there's other feelings you're feeling, but right. you're not. You're not even gonna say that to yourself,
1: exactly, because
0: you're kind of convince yourself well, I'm supposed to feel excited. Why? Why would I ever feel negative about this? I'm supposed to feel this way. And so if we do that within ourselves, of course, when someone's like, "Man, that's a big trip. Are you excited?" You're like. Yeah, of course. But then inside you're like, oh, well, I am, but yeah. I'm also concerned about the weather, the travel, the climate. If I'm going to meet somebody, what if no one likes me? What if
1: you know what? Like in my house, it was not, "Oh, are you excited?" But it was always like the other side was emph- em- Emphas- emphasized. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it's the uh, you know looking out for bad things that can happen.
0: Right, like not being allowing yourself to right. be fully excited and giddy. But yeah, so. So based upon where we're brought up and how we thought, we're always there's there's a, a voice that's the loudest in our head seems to always be what we should and what we're supposed to, and so what that does we don't always act upon that it's the loudest voice but that doesn't mean it's the strongest voice because the strongest voice could be like fuck that like the minute this person stops talking I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do anyways. Um, and so what happens is they don't, they're not on the same page. It's the same thing as like you have a parent and you have teenagers and the t- teenagers listen to the parent, but they're still doing what they want to do. But they rarely share what they're, what they're thinking. The teenager may not go, you know, what? I hear what you're saying, but I'm not really going to follow that. That's not what I'm feeling. That's not what I feel I should do. So I'm just going to listen to you. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear and then I'm going to go do Right, that's rest. why as
1: a parent I've always thought that the best thing for us to do is to give our opinion and let them know that, listen, this is what I know, this is what I think is best. Right. And, you know, you do what you do with it. Right. You know, let's stay relatively safe and let's follow basic rules, but if we acknowledge that we know that they'll take our opinion. Right and may or may not follow it, it's easier for them to uh, tell us that, yeah, no, actually I thought about it and it makes no sense or it's better for me this way. Right. And, and then we explain, have...
0: Explain why. I they, can, they can feel comfortable.
1: Right. And then it promotes the dialogue in their head in terms of analyzing how they feel and what they're thinking and
3: right. what
1: to do with it. So, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think... Um, the best that we can do you know for the kids is to promote that right. but now for us you know in my late 40s I find myself starting to ask okay well how do I feel right. what do I want what do I need you know what do I desire right uh, and that's after going through some dramatic shit
2: right
0: and so, so it's the same, how- it's the, same pro- the same practice could be used like these you're basically as an adult asking your inner kids your inner child, your inner passion, your desires, what do I want? And you're trying to recreate, um, reinvigorate that dialogue to where yep. they can feel comfortable enough to come talk to you without being silenced. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of us have that. Our, our inner child represents our joy and our desire and our passion a lot of times has been packed down, suppressed, and muted by our critical parent, which which is responsible for obligation, responsibility, things I have to do, things we must do, perception. And that takes the, the lead as we adult. And so we stop sometimes listening to what it, or even having the dialogue of like, okay, what do you guys want to do? And your child and your voice like, I want to go play. I want to go, I want more time to do this and do that. And then they have a conversation about Mm -hmm. that. Like, okay, how can we incorporate more of this as well as the things we have to do? And so it's the same dialogue when you talk to a kid, you know, talk to a Deja or someone like, well, I want to go here and I want to go, I want to buy this, want to buy that. And we go, okay understand that but understand we can do some of that but we also have to pay bills and we have to work so let's balance this out so they learn more about the balance of what it takes and we get to understand what's going on with them and and they feel comfortable asking Mm -hmm. and having the dialogue and not feeling like they're going to be silenced and then they have to because what happens is when people feel, when kids feel their parents don't understand them, they start finding covert and secretive ways to try to get what they want or try to explain it to them. Like, you know, well, I was thinking because it's one time and maybe and they start finding these sideways ways to say what right. they mean. But
1: as a parent, it's not easy to, you know, we all strive to be that parent who will... Allow the kids to tell us what they want and what they're doing and why, and not try and force them not to. Uh, And you know, it's not the easiest thing to do.
0: No, but that's the so so the feeling that we feel the the challenge we face with our kids is the exact same challenge we face with our internal kids. That's why it plays out in our lives.
1: Or whoever it is, you know, if I, if you as my partner are that one that outside person you know because i you know i use you as an outside person to help me sort through my feelings mm-hmm. if you don't hold space for me to do right. that in a neutral way right. you're going to start influencing me and guilt tripping me and right. doing all that and i'm not going to be able to figure out what is it that i really want because i'm being influenced right
0: and that's what we do as lovers and partners and husbands and wives to each other is that we don't Hold space for a person to truly articulate what they're truly feeling or wanting, because we're already imposing guilt. We make them feel bad by saying or wanting certain things, because or they're f- protecting or they our own feelings, right? And, and that, so.
1: that's a, that becomes a circular, very much uh, you know circular situation where. Yeah. We say we want to support, we say we want to allow each other to be the best we can be, but then when our feelings get triggered and hurt, we're right. gonna, like, all that neutrality <laughs> goes, goes out the window. So, for all of our sake, uh, it is the best to have a person in your head. Just right. like you do, because that's the safest. Right. At least yeah, that's for the sure. most. That's, that's the most clean. That person is always going to look out for your own interests and not somebody else's. Right. Unless yeah. you know, but the problem is that, you know, um, if we're grow, if we're raised in the, in an environment where obligation comes first, right, and then the fun and self-fulfillment is second, Right. then it's really hard to get that internal person to approve the needs and wants and desires right. that don't relate to an obligation.
0: Right, and that's the challenge, um, but yeah, I mean it's,
1: so that's, it's, tough. You it's know, tough, all that's around tough. It, it is.
0: So if we talk about what happens in the relationships or in our heads when we can't hold space for each other what that does it promotes and encourages lying because for example if, you, if you're saying okay you're thinking finally you're feeling this, this really strong burning feeling for the last few years and you finally stopped and you're like okay let me go listen to this feeling and this feeling is like you I want more male interaction I want more of my own lane I want more of connection and you're like your your critical parents like oh wow I didn't I didn't realize that we wanted that but that makes total sense that's why we've been pulling this way and doing that okay cool well let me work on that with okay and so you go okay now I'm gonna go talk to Tion and then you go talk to me and you're like oh fuck he's not gonna want to hear this right. he may not want to do this because the last time because or what men do, or because, or whatever. Or maybe something I've done, or maybe something you think I might do. Well, no,
1: I mean, if we're talking about our situation, with me, it's like I am going to hurt his feelings. And I can't get over, like so far, I right. haven't been able to successfully get over that hurdle. It's not about what you're gonna tell me, it's not about what you're gonna do, it's about what you will feel. Right. And it's my whole, my thing of, I do not want to hurt his feelings because I have a very hard time dealing with it. So, right. you know, and, but that's an influence. It's an influence right. that's created by me in my head. You know, it's, you know, our interactions play into it. And, you know, in other situations, it's something else.
0: Right, in other relationships, it could be actually that one time right. you did share and the person did not receive it well, right. so you decided like, but either way, once there's an influencing energy in you when it comes to you telling the truth right. you will start thinking of ways to alter the truth the same way the kid mm-hmm. will go okay i want to go to this party with billy tonight
1: but last time i did that
0: but last time i did that or my parents don't want they are they've already said to me very clearly they don't like me to go on the parties where there's going to be um you know boys or girls there or whatever so the kid already goes okay well what can I tell them that will make them say yes? That's not the truth, but that's not fully a lie. And we start playing that game. And it starts very young in our lives, oh, very for clearly. Oh, sure. My
1: sister and I, I mean, the only way we could go out and stay out is if we were like, yeah, we're going together. So mm-hmm. we would literally, like, get dressed up, go leave together, right. go separate ways, spend the night, her spending the night one place, me right. spending the night another place. Then we'll literally meet up right. somewhere, catch the same cab, And get home. Right. Like, and that's just how it was. I mean, trying to go through that pattern, you know, and to destroy that pattern and start actually expressing what you're doing, why and how is a trip.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not as much as we front like we don't like liars. We are all very much liars. Um, And the fact that we don't come to grips with that makes it hard to deal with and address that because we think that we're higher than others. Um, But we're in a society, both in ourselves, like our internal society and external society do not promote honesty. They promote status quo and promote um, not rocking the boat and not hurting people.
1: Well, and also striving to achieve some sort of a standard of, uh, you know, human behavior. You're supposed to do this, this, and that, right. and that's what qualifies you as being a good person. Right? You know, it's like why why are queer people not qualified as good being good people? They right. don't fit the standard. Right. So you know, if I want to start having sex at 14, well, the standard is that you shouldn't start having sex at least until you're in college. Right. Like, okay, well, I don't feel that way. Well, you're not going to fit the mold.
0: Right. So we, so these these circumstances. Um, demote truth and promote, you know, deceit, evasiveness, stretching of the truth, and basically not... And what that does is that mode becomes a personality in ourselves that becomes very powerful, that attaches with the ego, and then your inner child and your true authentic voice really gets quieter and quieter because we've shown them through our lives and shown shown ourselves through life that that truth voice... Gets us in trouble. It's too risky. So we're this creative team of ego and decisiveness and, a, and like, lawyers speak and all this shit are going to come together and they're going to be in charge of our PR and how what we say and where we say it and how we present things. And therefore, creates the distance between what we really feel mm-hmm. and what we're saying.
1: Right, because if I'm not practicing... You know, speaking openly about what I want. And then at some point it becomes more and more and more difficult for me to hear that. Mm -hmm. That's what I actually want. Now, you know, if uh, we start saying, hey, I want dark chocolate. I want dark chocolate. When you feel that desire, you'll be like, oh, okay, that's what I want. Let me go get it. Right. But if dark chocolate was prohibited and you wanted it, then you'd have a hard time acknowledging that you do. right? And then it's gonna start coming out sideways. Right, because
0: you still want it, and you're still gonna start moving your energy towards trying to get it, but you're not gonna do it to where you consciously admit to yourself that you're trying to get it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and that's the same thing with people on on social media who want attention. Like, we all on social media want attention. When I post music, when I post videos of painting, When I post these things, I want interaction I want energy and attention. When girls post sexy pictures or not sexy pictures or political, they want attention. But we all act like we don't want attention. And so what happens is, if we're not honest with it, it doesn't negate the fact that we're still going to do things to try to get it. We're just going to pretend like we're not really doing it for that reason. You know? You know, so like we're talking about with people dating sites, how people go on dating sites and they go... You know, I don't want a one-night stand. I don't want to be like, it's like, well,
1: eh. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Logically, you don't. But if you meet somebody who's amazing, who hits it off, and you guys have a whirlwind night, you're going to go, and you're going to enjoy it. And then maybe it lasts, maybe it doesn't. But you're not going to be like.
1: Well, if you you will enjoy it if you allow yourself to. But if you keep this, I'm not here for sex, then you might miss it. And you'll miss something really good. Just because you're not allowing yourself to say that—that's what I'm here for.
0: Right. But in essence, all of us want to feel very attractive. We, it's just a, we just want it by a certain people. You know, we move faster or slower with our attraction based upon how we feel about the person.
2: For sure. We don't
0: have a set standard like whether I love this person and they're fucking amazing they check off all my boxes, or they only check off three. I still wait six months before I sleep over. Good. That's not the case. But we act like we're, we have the standard of, like, I would never. It's like, it depends. It depends on who it is and how you feel about that situation. So it would be cool, I guess, as we're going into all this stuff, like, we're talking about wants, needs, and desires. And so, to me, a big part of understanding these wants, needs, and desires, it will be good to try to identify the definition as best we can of a want, a need, and a desire. So we can kind of, you know, Virgo, of course, Virgo mind kind of sort and organize these things so if we know what they are we can kind of move feelings towards these are wants these are needs these are desires
1: well I think needs come first right because they're needs to me well, a need what do you mean is, come
0: first <laughs> based well, upon what we order, do or no. technically what we because sh- we talked about that we don't always do things that we need first because, well we need
1: air we need food we need water right you know but that obviously comes first
0: right so let's define let's try to define these like, what is a need?
1: A need is something that you cannot live without. Right.
0: And the core necessity, like... Right. Like you're saying, like, oxygen...
1: Oxygen, food, water. Right. For, and then from there, it becomes, you know, you can start differentiating uh, freedom. Uh, um, what do you mean, uh, Human connection. Right. You know, like those love, are... of
0: compassion... Right, right. Excitement, pat- you know all these things, and they are.
1: Well, then you know, then we start like excitement. A lot of people, you know, we manage to live without excitement. Right. So, is it a need or is it a want?
0: Right, and I think when it comes to these needs beyond the core.
1: So okay, we always talk about freaking Puritans. Right. I think maybe our understanding of a need is based on the Puritan understanding. Those are the things that, you know, you absolutely cannot live without, and then the rest is a luxury. Right. So is a human connection a luxury? Right. You know, is excitement a luxury? Right. You know, some people will say absolutely yes, other people will say no, it's a necessity. Right,
0: can't live without it. And I think the way, you know, I think to go into that would be is it a necessity and then extend that sentence like is it a necessity to exist no to thrive to ex- to to right. grow to ascend so we have to extend the sentence you know because like do we need compassion and love to exist no do we need freedom to no because people all over the world don't yeah but to thrive to grow to maximize your potential to be the best human being you can be, all of a sudden, each of us have different necessities. Some so people then, need to be out more, some people need to be in more, some people need to...
1: So then it goes back to, uh, you know, when we're in a situation, when we're in a long-term marriage or a long-term situation, right. do, we, do we even think of what our needs are and, like, what are our goals in this situation? Right. Is my... Like, your you know, you and I have always consciously been very much about making sure that each one of us continues to grow into the person, the best person that we can be, because there's a goal beyond just your and mine relationship. Right. You know, it's not just about you and I maintaining a happy marriage or you and I raising kids. It's also about what is it that we can do in the world Right. How can we affect our other people? How can we connect with other people? and that forces us to be the best people we can be and grow through years?
0: right. and our our core commitment is to growth and helping each other grow on their path and become the best they can be, even if that means that their growth and my growth means we eventually go apart. Right.
1: Because like who am I to stifle this person from growing? Like that's crazy.
0: Right. So it's good for us and you guys, if you're listening, to occasionally ask yourself when you're with your husband or wife or meeting a new person, do you love them not only for who they are in your life, but for who they are and supposed to be in the rest of the world and you support their growth and freedom, even if that means that that may change or alter your relationship at some point? Or do you go... I love this person for when they're with me, and if I have to choose between them growing or us staying how we are, I want us to stay how we are. Then be honest with ourselves about that, and let's not pretend that it's another way.
1: Right. I think we're hitting the same point that we've hit before, and I'm sure we'll hit again, is that, you know, we are super-duper growth-oriented, right? I can't imagine not, uh, you know, wanting to be growing, right
0: growth curiosity expanding learning listening
2: right. sharing but there are
1: people that don't care about that and you know the quality of life really rests on how um how comfortable they are you right. know and comfort means no change
0: right and people do, and, yeah, and
1: and yeah, that's yeah, sure. you know i mean then when we come in and start rattling that cage i've done that a few times it's like no i don't want that right i'm I'm comfortable i want i like being comfortable i like this i'm a good person i'm not bothering anyone i'm helping this 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 and that person and that's all i want right so leave me alone and i've had to learn that like yep there are people that that's what they want and that's cool
0: yeah and we're all about there's there's no one thing for everybody some people don't need to climb to the highest mountain they go climb another mountain some people just are cool with what they have I really like to promote um, true depth honesty and so if someone's like look I don't want to grow I want to be with somebody where we just stay here and we just enjoy the, the land that we have here I'm not interested in traveling or exploring anything else to actually honestly articulate okay. that to Themselves and each other, and not pretend, oh no, we want what's best, we want to keep learning and growing, but then when they hit a wall they you know it's not the case. I think that's all I like is um just be aware of what it is you do and want and why because there's nothing wrong with it right, right. It can and be then- like look i th- i I really thought I wanted to grow, and I grew to this point, and then I realized if I grew any further, there's a chance that it may pull me and my, my husband or my wife away from each other, right. and I don't want that. So I'm consciously choosing to not grow any further because I'm much more into what I have versus what may happen if I continue to right. grow and or that, let this other person grow.
1: Right, And that is super cool unless you're lying to yourself. If you're right. lying to yourself, then at some point it's going to start coming out in, in ways that are going to be painful for everyone.
0: Like we talk about, we talk about the wants and like you logically are saying, no, I want these things. Or, that or will it'll be but like,
1: then- you know, logically you rely on your needs, yeah. but uh, what you're feeling is the wants and then right. you're dismissing the wants as not necessary because if you act on the wants and especially, oh my God, desires, right. that's going to ruin uh, what you need and then your needs are not going to be met.
0: Right. And so, what happens there What goes into what we talk about, there becomes a gap between what your critical parent thinks, where we're we're all agreed we're going to act upon needs, but there's other people in our entity that still have a voice, that still control a lot of how we move, and so we still sneak to get that ice cream, and we still do these things, but now we've trained ourselves to be like, don't tell mom, don't tell dad, and our dad is our critical parent who's focused on our needs. And so what happens is we start doing things that create the gap between what we say we are about and what we actually are doing.
1: So basically I think we're defining needs as something that is necessary to maintain where you are.
0: To maintain whatever you decide your existence wants, you
1: want your existence to be. And then the wants are maybe things that if you listen to, they're going to take you... Outside of your immediate needs, right. then perhaps that's where your growth is.
0: Right, like your peripheral, like you can. Unless
1: that's your, you know, ice cream, like literal ice cream.
0: Right, but you know, want so so we talked about needs, okay? So now to talk about wants, yeah, wants are things like, you know, preferences. Like I don't need everything to be alphabetized and organized when it comes to my books and records, but I would like it. But it doesn't mean I'm gonna stop everything I'm doing to do it. I would love a completely organized garage, where it's super amazing and immaculate and color coordinated. But it's you know it's not. I'm not stopping the world to do it. The priority of my that one is not too high. I can live without it. I'd like it. But
1: you want your well, your freedom is your necessity. Is right. Need. Freedom for
0: me is necessity. Um, ability to ponder, think, travel, connect, um, be present wherever I am. That's necessity to me for my existence. Mm-hmm. A want is. I want to tour more, I want to do more shows I want to be on bigger stages I want people to acknowledge me as a graffiti artist And an MC and as an entrepreneur All in one space And bring me to these festivals where they have the shit But I'm not dying if I don't have it It's a want like, You know, so, so wants are something I guess we can try to define as You know, it would be nice But it's not the end of the world if it doesn't happen I'm not going to change what I'm doing To attain these things per se Um But I do encourage identifying the wants and trying, you know, there's wants that are are great to have. Like, you know, I want want to go to L.A. I want to go to Europe again and do these things because they do add new parts of your experience and uh, bring different parts of your personality out. But it's not like a dire need. Right. I guess that's what a want would be is it's not, you know, it's not going to make or break you. Um, not any one particular. Maybe if you took away all your wants, maybe that would completely alter your ability to enjoy yourself. But, you know, each, any any one particular So I one think, thing. you
1: know, like I don't think you're a good example here. Right. I'm sorry. That's okay. Because what you've done is, you know, through your life uh, and through your life uh, trajectory because you... Started looking at it early, and you've actually customized your whole your own life, mm-hmm. as opposed to us other mortal people that had our life customized for us mostly. Right. Uh, you've already incorporated all your wants into your needs, and yes. you've come in, you've come into our relationship with a list of things, you know, that are needs. Right. And for most people, those would be wants. Right so when you say that you don't have wants that will make or break you you're lucky
2: right
1: you're well you're not lucky you've worked hard to create the life that uh put you in this chair where you can sit here and be like yeah i have all my needs right and i made sure they're all met and my other wants are just like these luxuries that i can
2: right, give, or, give
1: take. or take now the rest of the people including myself because we didn't make the life based on you know incorporating our strong wants into our daily needs right that's what we're working on right so we're working on identifying okay well i know what i need right i've always known that i need to have the freedom to make a choice Right. Like, that has always been very, very clear that's a need. Right. Now, when it comes to what is that choice and how am I going to make it, that's always been some sort of a, you know, unclear want. Right. And the problem is that I'd never defined it. Right. Right. So I wasn't able to incorporate it into the needs along with, I need to have a freedom of choice. I right. do not want to be in a monogamous relationship right. because I demand my freedom of choice. Right.
0: Therefore, I will go and do and say and speak and call right. out. Right, right, right.
1: Right. But until I go into my wants and be like, okay, well, I want to have these intimate connections with men and women. Right. And not have to worry about who it is, how it is, and when and how. Right. And that is my want. It's very strong. Right. I need to acknowledge it. I need to make it normal. Right. And then, you know what? I'm going to incorporate that into my needs because it's a it's 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 a big it's part, part of, of, of my
0: balanced diet. In order for me to become this the best I can. Right.
1: Be. And I'm going to make it known. And that's how we get through the weird space of no. We know in theory that right. I want the freedom of choice. Right. Now, how am I going to exercise that freedom of choice?
0: Right, right. And that's you know a big part of um, what we're we love why we're so nerdy. I guess is 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 bringing important things in our lives out of the abstract and into tangible, so we can identify what they are, where they're coming from. How important they are to our lives. How do we go about articulating them to ourselves and other people in a way that will help us attain these things without too much disaster, unnecessary disaster. Sometimes growth is disastrous. Sometimes truth is painful and bone breaking. um, And all this shit is hard. And so, you know, it goes without saying, but we'll say it all the time. We have to redefine our definition of hard and painful and hurt. Because we, a lot of times, avoid hard, avoid hurting, either ourselves or other people, well, or avoid I mean, pain.
1: our knee-jerk is always to avoid hurt. Right. That's always... In, that's to protect ourselves. So, you know, we don't... You can't say a lot of the times. It's 100% of the times. Right. Is when we try to avoid that.
0: Well, when it comes to... I think when it comes more to emotions, because we don't, like... We totally embrace hard when it comes to if we're athletic or if we're into academic growth or you know other things like we endure hard in different areas but a lot of times we're so not comfortable with feelings and our own feelings well, because we you know
1: we're not no one talks about feelings no one when we grow up no one's talking about the range of feelings right. everyone talks about the range of Athletic abilities, uh, intellectual abilities, math abilities, you know, art abilities, and you're somewhere on the spectrum. No one talks about the emotional spectrum. Right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we have to really just kind of first start off with identifying how, what is our relationship with painful, hurt, and hard? Because that's going to predicate if we choose to go deeper or go further or go higher, so if we don't have a good relationship, the minute we hit that, it's like a third rail. And we zap and we go back. So we first have to identify what is our relationship with that? You know, is it a healthy one where hard doesn't necessarily mean turn around and go back? Um, are, we af- are we afraid of hurting somebody to the point where we will lie? Where we will, where we will um, stifle our truth? clearly you know so because the, all that plays a role into if we get in a relationship with somebody we really like them and we want it to work but yet we know there's a part of our truth we haven't told them yet that we know or we think might hurt them will we tell them because we want to stay close and grow or are we like i don't want to ruin this and i'm just gonna not ever say it you know so you know that plays a huge role because if we're very hurt and pain averse we're not going to be honest and forthright with ourselves
1: Right, and, and other then, people. you know, uh, I feel like such a mom, but that's, uh, that's how it goes with... Uh, that plays a huge role, because if we're very hurt... That's how it goes with kids. Right. You know, if we go through hard stuff with kids and come out okay, right, they'll learn that they can go through hard stuff and come out fine. Right. If we don't do that, my parents never, ever, ever once did that. Right. Or if they did they came to it so awkwardly that it almost felt like I taught them how to do it (laughs) versus, you know, them teaching me how to do it. I mean, literally that's how it worked. Right. But, you know, we teach our kids that we will go through hard stuff with them because they've lied to us, because they've done things we've asked them not to do. Right. And we show them that we love them, we're upset, we're hurt, but we will go through it right and, and it, that's the, they'll know that you know super things important. get tough, things get emotionally hard, it sucks, it feels terrible, but hey, I didn't feel alone, I felt supported, we went through it, right. and, and the other side right, yeah. and we we got closer, and it's actually better
0: right, and I think. A lot of us don't have enough experience with that or enough consistent experience with that. Um, and it stems a lot of times from our experiences with hurt, hard, pain, and trouble or mistakes growing up. Like if we made a mistake growing up, did our parents scold us, scream at us, condemn us for ever making that, make us feel dumb as hell for doing that and threaten if we ever did that, we'd lose or our head. Or on
1: the other side, we're like, oh no, it's okay. I mean, because that's right. the other side of things, right? Right like the whole generation growing up and already grown up was raised on this. Oh no, it's okay. I'm sorry, Billy, you felt that way, but that's right. not a big deal. That's fine. Here's a new iPhone.
0: Right. So never showing them that the both sides are like, yes, you messed up. Yes, that wasn't right. Um, yes, we should think about it and Right. It's, this, and yes this I got really, really
1: hurt. You really, really, really hurt. Like like right. what I think what matters is that you have to see that you really hurt the other person. Right. You know? Like the kid, our kids have, you know, gosh, like the oldest one made me cry a million times and she had seen it. Right. And that's, you know, and we were able to work through it. And, you know, we've gone through different things with Aaron and he knows he disappointed me and he hurt me and all that stuff. Right. So if you don't show them that that's actually how you feel that, yeah, I'm totally human. You, I'm very vulnerable to you. Right. You have hurt me a lot this really, really hurts. Right. If you don't feel that, if I'm a type of a parent that will protect you from my feeling right, and will be like, oh, no, it's fine. We'll work it out. You never get to experience what it feels like to have the closest person be so hurt by you.
0: Right. And and still love you and still work with you and still work through it. And so we, it, we create growing up and through our lives a very negative... Um, Perception of hurting someone or being hurt by somebody and sharing that. Um, So then it it all fuels into our not being honest about things. Not
1: wanting to hurt the other person because you know you can't get through it.
0: Right. And so that becomes the strongest feeling is Mm -hmm. I don't want to hurt this person. That's stronger than I need to tell this person that I'm really not happy with how things went last weekend or how they treated me this way or I don't want to... But then you go... But I don't want to hurt them So I'm going to suck it up I'm going to lie And say it was fine And then internally I'm going to start reacting And you But you know. know
1: Like so I read uh, Something you else You read? Mm, occasionally Yeah, I know In two languages
0: Do you? Do you okay. understand though In both languages? <laughs> yeah. um,
1: so far so good I do need to check The other one From time to time Yeah Um so you know, there's something else that I read, just like that cat story about the, uh, you know, why women go through uh, with sex where they actually don't feel like it. Right. Um, and uh, you know, what's clear is that women react at like, where there is a perceived danger. Mm-hmm. We will react to not provoke. You know, we'll choose a less less dangerous situation. Right. So we'll choose to, to de escalate the right. possibility Right. We'll choose that. a way to de escalate right. and to, you know, where we think our no will trigger violence. Right. We're going to think twice about that. Right. And most likely, you know, not say no if we think there's violence on the other end. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of women, like probably a majority of women, right. have experienced at least once. Right. Like, you know, I've experienced it, but I. Like, filed it away somewhere where it's like it doesn't matter. Right. But even like I've experienced it. Right. You know, where I said no and someone decided they didn't like that. Right. So we will actually, most of the time, instead of saying no and dealing with violence, because right. violence is dangerous to us, we're smaller. You know, it can actually have very serious physical, psychological effects on us. Right. You know, we'll protect ourselves by. Not saying no. Right. So that's, you know, again, we're going to protect ourselves from something that is dangerous to us.
0: Right. So, what was this other article you were alluding to? Uh,
1: there was something that other, you know, what comes with, you know, if someone buys you a beer. Right. Like if a man buys you a beer, like it's already assumed you're going to sleep with them. Right. And then what happens when you actually say no, you know, and it's the same, same premise most of the time, they'll be like, what do you mean no?
2: Right.
1: They won't say that, hey, I bought you a beer, but it's an, it's, it's a. It's like this
2: assumptive. Well, one.
1: It, yeah, it's a transaction. Right. So you basically, you know, you better not take that beer, you better pay for it yourself. Right. And, um, you, you know, otherwise you have to deal with consequences.
2: Right, yeah.
1: And the consequences are not stacked in favor of women, Right. because we're smaller. Because we're not able to deal with violence as, as well. Right. You know, then it's just a physical thing. You know, if you're Jessica Jones, you don't care. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, most of us are not. So I think that psycho- like emotionally, we're kind of in the same trap. We're scared to hurt someone because right. we don't know what their reaction is. Or we assume that we don't know what their reaction is because maybe... Uh, the times we've done it, we had bad reaction. Right. Or we just never did it, and we assume that it's going to be so bad that we don't want to deal with it. Right. And the best way to deal with it is to uh, actually experience it and right. get through it a few times. And, you know, um, hopefully as a kid... And as a young as a teenager and a young adult, and then that's where the whole tide changes, and we all start to be a little bit more connected emotionally, and be okay with going through difficult emotional stuff.
0: Right, and that's where, you know, the let's be honest, let's talk about it, and being brave is hard, and the you know straight line theory, because you know, for example, in this situation you're just talking about, um, men and women are brought up very differently to deal with this. Men are taught to just you know, repress certain sensitive emotions but lash out if you need to. And then women are taught
1: Because to, you can fight your way out.
0: Right, and women are taught to take it, cater, Because we can't reduce. fight, we usually
1: cannot fight our right. way
0: out. And, all, you know, and also the patriarchy obviously of it too. Um, so what happens is men don't grow up with the right tools to learn how to yeah. deal with pain, emotional pain deal with re- rejection, deal with no, deal with not getting what they want. And so what happens is when they invest themselves in a in a in a relationship or even just buying a drink, like that's a small investment in their mind that means something to them like we go we we're going somewhere. Right. And then when it doesn't, they don't know how to process that and communicate like, "Hey, so I'm I'm buying you drinks and I'm thinking that when I buy you drinks that means we're going to go do more and you're not. So what's going on?" They get mad and they're like, oh, B.I. and all this stuff. And so that's how men do it. They don't, they're don't; they not used to that. They don't have the tools. And then women, a lot of times, are taught to suppress their shit too on the other side because you don't want to, you know, don't poke the bear. Um, and what that leads to is men and women not being able to clearly communicate with each other because they equally have fears yep, they don't and lack trust of each training. Other. And, of course, this specifically is a hetero... Idea, But it's, you take it out of the, the love and the sexual intimacy thing and just the societal thing, it plays out everywhere in the societal things too. Men just steamroll over things, women have to, you know, take the backseat and cater and it shouldn't be that way. Um, but the overall mishaps of humanity in the situation is both parties end up losing out because no one's speaking truthfully and we're all being trained how to be evasive with what our thoughts and what our intentions and what our desires are to the point where we are covert in ourselves so we don't let our Mm -hmm. our desires and wants even discuss things with our our logical thoughts
1: yeah no that's and that's kind of you know that's where i'm at and that's where I go, wow, holy shit! Like, if I are you telling me that if I define what my wants and desires are, we can actually work on figuring out how to get it without blowing shit up? Right. That's a novel concept. Right. So you know, I mean, that's that's what uh, uh, my whole adventure of the last few months has been. Right. You know, is this realization that a I have feelings they're deep, Uh, they can be very strongly positive, they can be very strongly painful, they can be negative, they can cover a whole, you know, the whole scale of things. Right. And then, what do they mean? What do I want to do with them? Uh, To me personally, just acknowledging that that's what they are and expecting that I will feel deeply, makes it much easier to actually feel them. Right. Because it's not an unexpected thing. The fear of the fear is worse than anything else. Right.
2: And as
0: usual. And what we learn over and over again, that when we suppress our desires and our wants and don't articulate them, but yet we still act upon them, it creates a mess. It creates the exact thing that we think we're trying to avoid, which is hurting somebody else. Mm -hmm. Um... And we logically get it. But if we go back to our normal mode of not actually having this conversation and empowering the desires and wants with a space to actually speak, we'll do it again and again and again. So what I what I suggest to everybody, this is I've even told you this, this is a really fucking good idea. I think it would be awesome if everybody once a week, maybe like on Tuesday nights do an open mic night in their head for their wants and desires to get on the mic and each, each want and desire or feeling gets like a minute to just speak themselves, introduce themselves and say what the fuck their mission is. What do you think?
1: Well, I think that the concept is amazing. I think the difficulty is still identifying. Like you speak, like it's hard for you to see us common people because we don't have our feeling, like our people organized in our heads.
0: Right. But So the process is if you just become the promoter, you book the night and you start promoting in yourself, like you go through the city of yourself and the towns and be like, hey, just so you guys know all the feelings and wants, Tuesday night from seven to nine, we're having an open mic night. You guys can come and say anything, and you may not know any of them. Right. And maybe the first night no one comes out. Maybe there's just one person like I wanna fuck more. Thank you. Good night. But after a while they're gonna be like, Oh shit. And then more of them are like, you know what? Hey Right. I want to do this more. I want to right. do this. so. But if we don't even create the open mic night and promote that in ourselves, that we're constantly trying, we're putting the word out that we really want to hear from feelings and wants and desires. The chances of them yeah, coming it, out. and it
1: really does happen. You know, I don't have an open night, open mic night. But once I started trying to figure out what is it that I want, right? Then you know, it started like random feelings and thoughts start popping up and I go you know I told you the damn like you know I really want to wake up excited about my day right you know and that's an actual really strong feeling in me and I don't want it to be connected to a person a specific person place or thing right I want to wake up and be excited about whatever it is my day is going to bring me right you know I'd never had that feeling it popped up from somewhere So, I mean, I do believe in that concept. I don't know that knowing me, my feelings probably have the same aversion to, you know, rules and regulations as I do. So having a specific time for them to come is probably going to be a problem.
0: Well, instead of assuming that, (laughs) therefore not, that's the same thing as editing before. Like you're already editing what you think your feelings and wants may do, but you've just admitted you haven't talked to them much. So why not just have the night and let them either show up or not show up?
1: I'll think about it. (laughs) See? Like everything in me, yeah. I'll think (laughs) about it. But everything in me is like, yeah no yeah, we no, can't no. we can't follow like but it's that. not
0: everything in you it's everything in your thought and ego uh, mind your desires and wants are totally they're not no even in this idea, space because no no you're saying
1: think i'm having a physical reaction right. to this controlled situation because your
0: control <laughs> is even controlling the situation and not even allowing your feelings about to have a say in it because that's your comfort zone your comfort zone is my mind and my who my critical mind that controls my main actions, is adverse to even that option. I don't even want to give that space a possible option with a specific time because I have, if I do hold my, I have to hold myself to that. Yeah. And then what's going to happen is what happens if they do show up, and they all want to talk.
1: Oh, that's fine. But I just
0: but I, if you I... keep it abstract, it's this intangible abstract space that I'm kind of looking, and it's like. There's other, you know, there's other people in you that may want to have of a, a voice.
1: Okay, we'll talk about it. No, you keep it. No, no, you my, can keep it. We will talk. We will Oh, not we as in, internally. Right. Yes. We will talk about it internally. You have nothing to do with it. Right. You have, you have created the idea. We will talk about it.
0: Right, and that's all my job is: just throw ideas to the table, and we can kind of pick and choose. But people out there, I suggest, you know. The root thing I'm trying to say is that we should make sure we give conscious time to ourselves, if not daily, weekly, or sometime to check in with our thoughts and our emotions and our ideas and have a gathering where they all can get together and talk and share each other. Because I guarantee you, they're changing, they're growing and evolving. And maybe if you checked in a month ago, your new desires, wants and needs, the balance of them have probably changed. Yeah. And if you're not caught up with yourself, you're going to start moving towards this new change while you're constantly thinking you should be acting the way you were and creates the gap again.
1: Yep. No. Yep. I agree.
0: So, did that uh, unclench the butt cheeks now that I gave it more of an abstract root space? Yeah. yeah so, you know, like Tuesday nights? No. What about Wednesday? We bowl on Tuesdays. All right. It's okay. kind
1: of hard to have that while we're bowling.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah I might distract you. Mm hmm. Okay. So whatever your night is or day, but it's the same thing. Like with you, do when you when we take time each day to think about the things we're grateful for. It's an important part, right? Mm -hmm. To acknowledge these things because we identify that when we stop and think about what we're grateful for, it shifts the energy in the way we operate in the day. So imagine if we thought of we gave our wants and our needs space to talk and discuss and play. That probably will change how we feel too. Because no. we're getting up, we're bringing, we're allowing our inner child and our kids to actually like be a part of the planning.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. No, so. I totally get it. That so, makes sense.
0: Cool. So I think that wraps up this episode 29. Do you have anything else you want to say along the topic? Uh, Other
1: than that, we had a great difficulty defining desire versus a want. There is a very, very narrow difference. It seems like. Uh, you know, desires are mostly associated with sexual desire and also some, uh, you know, desire that is less important than a need. Right. And a want.
0: Yeah, we think like a desire is akin to a want, but it's slightly more primal than a want. Yeah. It's like a desire. So, but it's, it's all intangible. Um, needs and necessities, wants are peripheral. I think all of us... For a healthy balance Has A good balance of needs Wants and desires
1: Well yeah And then you know The Where uh, Imbalance comes from Is where Our You know There are categories of wants That need to Go over to the needs Right And uh, needs, that should, just needs that should be wants And needs that should be wants And you know Where there is mismatch there uh, So the inventory of those Would be awesome Uh, If your partner is uh, supportive of that, that's the best. If the partner is not supportive of that, that's probably when you need to do a review of why you're with them uh, and go from there.
0: That is it. That is the word. And uh, I'm grateful for us continuing to do the podcast and staying open and honest through the highs, the lows and the in-betweens because it's very cathartic for us but also as we're experiencing every time we get to every time someone stumbles into a conversation where we're all together and they're like so do you guys feel these things and they get the raw truth where we're both very present and we're sharing the crazy hard wacky shit we go through and they can see that we're still engaged and we're still connected um is seemingly like this level of oxygen for them that is like wow like that's fucking mind blowing yeah like
1: oh I do therapy once a week and no one has ever told me that this is possible
0: Right. so it's pretty fun and it's very helpful and it's you know like we're saying we're learning every time we keep moving forward um, and falling on our face that moving forward does not mean not going backwards it does not mean not making mistakes it does not mean you'll ever get to a point where you'll never be hurt where you'll never have to question trust, where you'll never feel that, um, you'll never feel jealousy or you'll never fear concern. Like, all these things are just all a part of the ride and the more you climb, the, the harder you work, the more you push yourself, the more you're gonna fall because you're in different space. We're not, in, we're, every time we move, we're in a different place. In a different place, we don't know the terrain. So, It's going to happen and we're learning more and more that that's that's fine that's a part of it and our relationship with hard and pain and hurt is evolving
1: yeah and it's you know i'm grateful that we have tested and so far experienced that our relationship is durable and that's because we are both of us are exactly where we want to be and that makes it a lot easier to work through stuff that uh, otherwise would not be f- fun at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for going back to Europe after 15 years. I mean, I went for in 2000-whatever, 11 for six days, but really going back to Europe after 15 years of reconnecting with Buku as an artist and as an MC um, in spaces where people see me as at first. It um, was really fun, really invigorating, and then going to Israel and experiencing Firsthand, what humans are like there and what the layout and landscape is there and what hip-hop and skateboarding and graffiti is there because yeah. that's something that we never hear or see about. But, you know, I've traveled to enough places to know it's everywhere. And it was cool to be able to tap into that and really feel that, you know? Yep. And humans are humans everywhere. Just I want to say that. Not every human in any country is in complete lockstep with the government. I've never found a, a country that, where the government represents 100% of its constituents happily. Like, you can't even find that in Oakland or Berkeley or Walnut Creek where everybody in that city is completely happy with the way governments ran. So, Israel is no different than that.
1: Nope.
0: So, let's not broadstroke all Israelis or all Palestinians the same way we hate when people broadstroke all Americans. So let's kind of stay nuanced, stay engaged, stay close. Let's discuss. Let's be honest. Blah, blah, blah. The Black Russian Podcast, episode 29. Big.
1: Feelings. Feelings.
0: Outro. Don't know what song I'm going to play, but you'll like it.
1: Bye. See ya.
3: Welcome, heading towards the platinum. Mm-hmm. From afar, I know what is on their mind. Pestilence on earth to destroy mankind. Maracas, I get rid of exploits uh, any time. That's why I'm mean, uh, put father. God to divine. Hold the Bible, read it from time to time. They ready and say they digest enough, bold and strong. Well, best is a all over God's land. Touchdown and teaching nation. The world is spinning and on a nuclear bomb. Anytime from now can be an explosion. Nobody comes to the DJ with no evil lost plan. Can stifle Gary's with bad pollution. From afar, I know what this and their mind. The sinless ban earth to destroy mankind. We don't want to go rob. We look on the rocks if we no master and we drop. We leave things around and they no stop make the bag. Them no respect the road. Why I mean no that to God damn in the business to rock and grab. I'm here to ice up jump, Me can't flag the Put on the pressure and strike them with. their mind. Pestilence on earth to destroy mankind. For a cause I get with the explainer anytime. In a nuff no pattern with DJ reggae song. Well from father God we get with inspiration. Me no take it fin no means of money making a plan. And what them a study and what them a plan. Vampire for to you them have house and alone. You still in a to wonder so variation. Me no big friend for no boy who tried fear again. gang From the east come in my head Me no no obligation Open sesame I make the outlaw come in Here to take a vengeance Not laugh and a grin From afar I know what what is on their mind Pestilings from earth to destroy mankind Farrakhan I say, get rid of exploit At any time that's why me not Leap for the God save divine All over Garland, Time for the DJ Touchdown And DJ Nation The world is spinning On a nuclear bomb Anytime from now Can't be an explosion Nobody come so the DJ With no evil lust plan Can't stop For God you With bad pollution From a far right now What is on their mind Pushing silence From earth To destroy mankind Get you the exploiter uh, anytime. Mother up and father heaven, want me to the lad. Mother up and father heaven, want me to the lad. Riling so hard uh, to me don't want to rob. We look on the respect, me no master my job. When take things a go and them no stop, make the bag. going no respect the road boy, and me know that to God not. You're in the business to rob and a grab. I'm making a flag of wine Put on depression Strike them with the rod From afar I know What is on their mind Pestilence, buddy